Hello, welcome to my new podcast, It's Not You, It's The System. This is Lauren K. Roberts. I'll be your host for now and forever, I guess. And I use she and her pronouns. This recording is basically my shitty first draft, scrappy, just get it done premiere episode. I'm really winging it on a lot of levels. So I'm grateful to you for being here because I am practicing part of what I teach other people, which is just take action. You know, I could have spent a lot longer thinking through exactly what I wanted to say and coming up with the perfect outline and launch plan and all of that for this new podcast because I'm so excited about it and I really care deeply about what I want to share with you in here. But I also know that action is always the way forward if I'm feeling a little stuck. So I'm grateful to you for being here with me. If you don't know much about me and my work, I'm an anti-capitalist coach who helps community change agents get messy family stuff and internalized oppression out of the way of making their impact. And I want this podcast, It's Not You, It's the System, to be a space where we can depersonalize challenges we have that feel like individual defects, personal problems, things that we've been told are wrong with us and that we need to fix. Because in reality, what I often see is that these are things stemming from a toxic, dominant culture, from collective systems that we're all living under. It's kind of like that metaphor you may have heard before about it's the water that's the problem, not the fish. And the fish doesn't even realize it's in water. And to be clear about what I mean when I'm talking about systems, I'm on a macro level, I'm talking about capitalism, cis-heteropatriarchy, white supremacy culture, ableism, fat phobia, and many, many more that are playing out in obvious and usually not so obvious ways on the micro level. So micro meaning our relationships to ourselves, our worldview, relationships with other people, workplaces, our economy, our government, our institutions, and even our bodies. A lot of the people I support as a coach would probably identify themselves as non-traditional candidates running for office, non-traditional entrepreneurs doing things on their own terms, other people who are just showing up for their values and caring for their community in whatever way makes sense for them and the season of life that they're in. I'm also a certified trauma support specialist, and I don't usually give a shit about credentials, but when it comes to trauma, mental health, anything like that, of course, medicine, um, I do think credentials matter. So I share that just so that you know, I do know what I'm talking about when it comes to trauma and recovery. I'm not just claiming to be trauma informed. I actually have training. But what I have seen so clearly, even though it took me a minute, after a past career that spanned everything from policymaking on Capitol Hill, mainstream democratic politics and campaigns, healthcare, nonprofits, progressive movements, and then that nebulous wellness, yoga, spiritual, whatever industry, is how a lot of the things we think are quote unquote problematic about us are often a result of our nervous systems and belief systems responding to intensely fucked up circumstances and environments. Our brains and bodies, from my point of view, are functioning exactly as they were designed to. Even if we're, let's say, coping with the reality of being human on this planet in this day and age in perhaps some less than healthy ways. 
before I go on much more about this idea, I want to define what I mean when I say system. And this is a definition I work with as an anti-oppression facilitator um, under the mentorship of Michelle Cassandra Johnson, who's a longtime anti-racism facilitator, author, yoga teacher, social worker. She's incredible. And if you've ever been in a skill and action training with Michelle or myself and any of my colleagues who are also facilitators, you've probably heard us share this definition before. So a system is a set of principles or procedures according to which something is done. A set of things working together as part of a mechanism or an interconnecting network. I often have an image of gears working within like a big machine and like X leads to Y leads to Z and it's just the way things happen. However, over time, the individual parts aren't necessary to keep the system going. So to give you a real life example of what I mean, if you remember during the Trump years, there were there were so many horrific headlines about family separation for folks who were refugees and immigrants. And a lot of folks understandably were very upset, very fired up. And I'm not talking about immigration justice, people who have been on the front lines of that movement forever. I mean, you know, folks who perhaps before Trump was elected weren't paying super close attention to what was going on with human rights for people um, who were trying to find safety in the United States. Um, a lot of white people, quite frankly. <laughs> we tend to be behind the ball on these things. And, you know, what's happened is Biden won the election in 2020. And what I have observed is a fall off of people not just paying attention but really getting fired up there are still occasionally headlines about what the biden administration is doing when it comes to immigration there was this really awful photo of um i think it was an ins officer or some kind of um police officer on a horse using i believe like literal whips to round up human beings so undocumented folks. And this was during the Biden years. And of course, like if you know me, you know I am not someone who is into mainstream democratic politics and really party politics at all. If anything, I'm a socialist. But I think this is a prime example of this the system of how we deal with immigration in the United States didn't change just because the figurehead did. We're still steeped in... A system that prioritizes making a few people wealthy on the backs of the rest of us. That thrives on scapegoating people who are deemed other so that folks in power can keep doing what they're doing. So that's one example of how a system will play out regardless of one individual piece of it being replaced. So I'll often talk in this podcast about dismantling systems, confronting systems, both the way they're playing out on us and within us individually, how we might be complicit in upholding them and benefiting from them, and not just the way that they're playing out, because I think dismantling them is really key, right? Going back to the beginning of the episode, action. Action is where it's at. And before I talk any further, too, about this idea of it's not you, it's the system, I think it's important for me to be really transparent about who I am and the lens I have. 
because there's no such thing as neutral. This is another thing I've learned from Michelle Johnson. And it's an assumption that I carry with me into any space I'm in that the idea of neutral tends to center a very white, cis man, <laughs> you know, wealthier perspective. Um, but neutral actually doesn't exist because we all are individuals. We all have our own lived experiences that shape how we view and take in the world. So in terms of my identities, I'm a white cisgender straight woman from a mixed class background. I am married. I have a wonderful husband, Kyle. Um, I appear able-bodied, but I navigate chronic pain, probably from PTSD. It's still a mystery. And thankfully, because I have health insurance, I'm able to figure out what's going on with me with some support from doctors and other folks. I am neurodivergent. I was recently diagnosed with ADHD and it explained a whole lot. <laughs> I had the privilege of attending college and I actually don't have any student loans. I'm a millennial unicorn in that respect because despite a lot of financial turmoil when I was younger that resulted from my dad's serious mental illness, my mom and stepdad were doing pretty well financially by the time I finished high school. So there was money set aside and I had the great privilege of not having to take out loans to pay for my undergrad degree. I am more than four and a half years sober, which is wild to think about, and I consider myself in active recovery from substances, abusive relationships, sexual trauma, and of course my career in mainstream democratic politics. And I say that a little bit flippantly, a little sarcastically, but it's also true. It was a pretty rough experience, definitely got chewed up and spit out by that whole system. My ancestors, so I come from generations of untreated mental illness, addiction, trauma that's been passed down in a lot of fun and colorful ways. I do like to think of myself as a pattern breaker. I'm one of the few folks in my family who's gotten sober. Um, I'm, I tend to be the first one to go get help on whatever issue is coming up in my family system. Uh, I come from people who are mostly French, Canadian, German, and Irish, a lot of them were farmers. Many of them lived in poverty just a couple generations ago. I also come from a lot of folks who, for the most part, cared about their communities. Um, people are complex. There's a lot of racism in my family, a lot of transphobia, and lots of other toxic stuff. But there are these are also people who are nurses, teachers, firefighters, veterans, caring professionals, caregivers of our elders, um, there's a lot of those kinds of service-oriented career folks in my immediate and extended family. And, you know, I came to a lot of my thinking around It's Not You, It's the System for the podcast and for, you know, my other work, my group program and coaching work, because through my own trauma recovery, my own sense of purpose completely opened up when I started recognizing that the very things I was struggling with weren't a sign that I was a problem to be fixed. It wasn't like confirmation of that worry I'd had under the surface my whole life that I was actually just broken and irreparably fucked up, that that wasn't true. Those things I was struggling with were actually an indication that I was responding appropriately to a lot of fucked up things happening to me and in the world around me. This is really important this next part I'm about to say. I'm not saying that I don't have any responsibility for confronting and keyword dismantling the systems that I'm talking about. 
especially as a white, cis, middle-class, straight woman, protected by a ton of other privileged identities. But when I stopped the shame spiral and assuming I was the problem, that I was somehow broken, inherently wrong, I was able to start channeling my attention and energy into tangible work to support my community and actively dismantle the systems that are hurting all of us, especially folks who are a lot more marginalized than I am. I was also able to build healthy, mutually supportive relationships that were free of a lot of my old, shitty, defensive projections that came from shame and self-blame. One of those certainly was my fragility around whiteness a few years ago. Like a lot of other white folks, I think the Trump administration woke me up to a lot of ways I was benefiting from the systems that have been at work forever, essentially, in the history of our country, in the history of colonialism on our planet um, that I was benefiting from, that I was participating in, often unconsciously. So my goal is really for us to get to the root of what's actually hurting our people and planet. Because yes, one asshole person can cause a lot of harm. I've been that asshole person. I might be again at some point. And if we're not addressing the toxic systems in addition to holding individuals like ourselves accountable to values around anti-capitalism, abolition, and liberation, we're not going to make it. Not to get too dark right off the bat here, but we are quite literally at a point where our survival as a species depends on learning to trust ourselves and have the skills to build and sustain accountable and loving relationships that are going to keep our movement strong and moving forward. So to get specific, because I'm using a lot of language and getting a little academic with this, but when I think about years I spent in what felt like a cave of trauma, just self-medicating with weed among other things, and feeling very stuck in an abusive relationship for financial reasons and a lot of reasons, I wasn't very helpful to our movements. I was so unwell, and it really took me starting to shift the blame for myself and placing it where it belonged on the toxic systems that were at work on me through that abusive relationship, through my codependent family system where I learned a lot of the behavior And to put up with a lot of the behavior I was in that relationship through a healthcare system that wasn't set up to help somebody like me who didn't have insurance and couldn't afford it as a contractor. And through this like sexist patriarchal bullshit that resulted in several sexual assaults um, starting as young as nine years old. That's the first time I was sexually abused. Um, The sexual harassment I experienced working on a campaign I was cyberstalked shortly after leaving DC and just a lot of other scary shit that abusers, mostly men, put me through when I was younger. So these were symptoms of systems. And then what I was experiencing as a result, the PTSD, the, uh, the ways I was trying to cope and take care of myself were like symptoms of the symptoms, if that makes sense. So again, I'm not saying that Each of us doesn't have a degree of responsibility for taking the actions that are in our control to dismantle the systems. So for me, one thing in my control was getting sober. And a lot of my privilege made that possible. I had the flexibility to go to meetings. I knew enough people and it wasn't risking my career in order to ask people for help. I had 
ease of internet access to Google and watch YouTube videos about how to quit weed and stop all the self-medicating I was doing with other things. Um, and I was also able to ask friends for help. I had friends who had housing with enough room that I could stay with them for free or for very low cost to get me out of that relationship. Um, I had the education that helped me secure some work contracts and start rebuilding my finances, which were frankly decimated after that relationship. Um, as a result, I could get therapy. Like there were a lot of things that privilege helped me with and helped move me forward. And I was being very clear, like this is in my control to do something about. I can't overthrow the healthcare system at this moment. <laughs> like if socialized healthcare isn't going to happen anytime soon, what actions did I need to take to get healthy enough so that I could work so that I could get therapy? That's not going to be a path available to everyone, but it was one available to me. So I took it. And I got to tell you, it's a hell of a lot easier to take those actions that were in my control when I stopped the self-blame, or at least when it gets under control with some support from people who've done that work themselves. Because the mistake I made for a long time was looking to people who were kind of pathologically on a self-improvement hamster wheel. Um, I used yoga in that way for a while. I used meditation that way. I was trying to fix myself, but it was really the process of trusting myself and getting support from a coach who taught me how to trust myself. Um, that really helped me break out of the stagnation and a lot of the toxicity and start to get well. So I don't know what shape this podcast is going to take, what it wants to be. I have some ideas. Uh, but I'm just here to go one step at a time and share what I feel called to share, what I think could be helpful for you along your path. And as I learn more, I'll share with you what I'm learning and the nuances of all this stuff that I'm talking about. I have a bunch of guests in mind, um, but I think I'm going to use these first few episodes just to tell my story and be more transparent, even more transparent about who I am and how I came to these ideas, who my teachers have been, who's influenced me. Um, but also how I support people today um, through these tools and practices that I've been fortunate to learn through my own healing and growth process. And if you have topics in mind or guests in mind um, or anything you'd like to hear about from me, please reach out. I'm going to put a link to my website in the show notes. There's a contact form there and it's laurenkroberts.com and K is spelled out. It's K-A-Y. I always like to say I'm like Homer J. Simpson, if you ever saw that episode where Homer realizes the J stands for J. <laughs> That's me, Lauren K. Roberts. And in the meantime, there are also a few ways I can support you with your own unlearning and reprogramming and moving ahead with a lot more ease and grace for yourself. So first of all, coming up October 30th and November 6th, both of those are Sundays, I'm hosting a two-part public workshop on boundaries for the empathic, neurodivergent, and anxiously attached. Again, it's two parts where you're going to learn some tools and strategies to tend to your energy. And I love to say amplify your unique magic because it truly is unique for a softer, more spacious end to the year. So even though the year is coming to a close in a couple of months, that doesn't mean that it's all lost. If you've been having a rough time, if you're feeling burnt out, boundaries and tuning them up, even if you've done a ton of work and reading about them, is one way to get your energy straightened out and feeling a little bit more 
available, let's say. So if you identify as an empath, if you are neurodivergent, if you're a highly sensitive person or someone with anxious attachment styles, um, this would be a really great place for you to come. Um, it's also great if you're you know, recovering from trauma, addiction, codependency in your family or yourself. Um, and again, even if you know a lot about boundaries, it's an ongoing practice because they are inherently countercultural to set. <laughs> and so we have to be constantly working against that pull, um, that current that wants to take us uh, back into the dominant way of thinking, which is usually like, don't have any boundaries with your boss, especially if you are socialized female. Um, this can help. And specifically, you know, we'll identify where a tune-up might be needed. I'll give you some practices, some scripts, things that won't throw your nervous system into a panic. Um, so I'd love to see you there. It will be recorded, um, and it's on a sliding scale from, I believe, $44 up to $132, depending on what you can um, afford. And then if you're curious about other ongoing support, again, go to the website linked in the show notes. You can learn more about my community coaching program, Take Up Space, one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'm always available for free change agent support calls where we spend an hour um, where I ask you some questions, you ask me some questions, and we just kind of figure out if I'm the right person to support you right now. Again, all that's in the show notes. So until next week, take good care and thank you again for listening.